In the spring of 2021, Jinx Monsoon and Nick Zahoya recorded a Futurama recap podcast. For reasons unknown, it was never released. These are the raw tapes. I'm 40% Okay, start, do the intro. Mom, do it. Hi, I'm Jinx Monsoon here Did with you write Comedy. Anything down from. I don't like, have to write one. things down. I'm a professional. I know how to make smooth. things up. It just didn't go that smooth the first time. So yeah, I well, I was half asleep the first time. Why? And that's your fault. What? You stress Why? me out so much. You trigger my stress sleep re- I... reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> my reflexes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like it's it's my body's way of surviving. It's like playing possum. <laughs> okay, well, just just go, like, take a running start, you know? I'm Jinx like, Monsoon. Ri- no, like, get go- Like, do some... Do some... <laughs> yeah, give me a That's good. Okay, good. I think you're ready. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and I'm here with Nick Savoya, and we're going Hello. to review episode two. Okay, um, I don't think you spent enough. You could, like, pause. Last time you uh, got upset because I spent too much time. I don't think that happened. Hi, I'm a drag queen, and over here's um some asshole I just met yesterday. We're Jinx Monsoon and Nick Savoya, and this is I'm 40% Podcast, which is a reference to the show that we're reviewing. Futurama. Futurama. Bender. Mm, episode two today. Episode two. The series takes off. Is that what it's called? The series has landed. The series has landed. Oh, that's cute. Episode two. Oh, that's cute. I the first it. episode, we never mentioned it, but it's called um, Space Pilot, which is a double entendre because it's a pilot about uh, a show that takes place in space a lot of the time. But it's also a reference to the Leela's new job she has by the end of the episode, which is a Do you space think pilot. every episode goes into space, at least for part of it? Or is there an episode of Futurama that's all on Earth? There's plenty that take place all on Earth. Interesting, if true. Um, That's also a line from Futurama. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting, if true. (laughs) A lot of sneaky ones getting in there. We have our first cold open, because before the the Futurama song on the first episode, we had our whole... No, episode one had a cold open, but I guess it was more like a prologue. It's more of a prologue. This is our first Futurama episode in... In earnest. <laughs> in earnest. Yeah. I mean, most shows don't get good on episode one. It takes till episode two. Yeah, Tina Fey famously like does not like the 30 Rock pilot, which I think is actually a pretty good pilot. But There's I, lots I can of good pilots. There's lots Lost of good is a pilots, good pilot. They never do you just watch Lost? how good the show can get. Except They're... for those like mini series, which definitely, if they don't have a good pilot, you know, they've got to have like uh, something that hooks you in. But those shows are also normally like forty minutes long to an hour. Like twenty-two minutes is 
hard to like squeeze in exposition and get you hooked. They have to squeeze in enough. No, I never watched Lost. You know who you would be? You would be the French lady who's the mom of the other French lady who lives in the woods. Sacre bleu, we are lost. Yeah, that's about right. Her name's like Danielle. (laughs) And she just spends the whole first episode going, Ouh, la. <laughs> she's not in the first episode. She comes up later. First time she gets lost, she's like, She wasn't on the plane, Jinx. She was already on the island. Que There's so many mysteries on this island. Can we do the Je first episode of Lost pas. this episode and then we'll go back to Futurama next week? No, absolutely not. So the cold open, they're making eggs? They're not making eggs. They're watching an instruction. Oh. They're watching the um, commercial for um, Planet Express. Yeah. And How Fry asks, that? "Are there really giant birds like that?" And the professor goes, "Oh no, no, that's just <laughs> graphics and computer animation." And and then goes to the kitchen and offers people eggs. And of course, they're giant eggs, and a giant bird hatches from one of them. <laughs> what I that love. Would okay. Scare okay. Me. This is what I love about animation versus like live action television is the reason why you do an animated show is because you can literally do anything. Like imagine how hokey it would have looked and how expensive it would have been to have a a, a real life professor go into the kitchen and get a real by life a professor. Giant. That's what you're getting hung up on. <laughs> Not, I mean, an it's actor not in the playing, budget. We can't afford a professor. I mean, an actor playing the professor. And no, they don't have to hire someone with a science degree. <laughs> well, then I'm being science lied to and I don't want to watch this anymore is That's what I say to that. what television is. What are you talking about? You're actually a drag queen. You always play a drag queen except for that one time <laughs> when you were at, at a drag drag queen <laughs> at a bar. Hey, I've played other things. Like what? Um, Space pirate? I mean... <laughs> She's kind of not, a queen, though. Not live action things. I voiced yeah. over every other things, which just takes us back to where we began. <laughs> <laughs> On AJ and the Queen, I, oh, no. <laughs> that oh, was yeah, such yeah, a yeah. drag queen. <laughs> that was the most, if anything, it's the most drag queen performance you've given. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Come nah. on. <laughs> Come on. Would you eat giant eggs? I don't eat regular sized eggs. I don't. I know like you eggs. don't like eggs. That's a but weird. But would thing you eat a giant eggs. egg for breakfast? If it wasn't fertilized, I suppose that was my issue with well, it. Well, that was it clearly to be a fertilized egg. Yeah, or not stillborn, <laughs> an alive egg. So that was. I don't want that. I don't want to eat balook. I don't want to eat any fetus or alive did baby Did you know bird. fertilized eggs are um, a delicacy in some places? I and did know that. I've seen Survivor season two. I haven't seen Survivor. I haven't seen Lost. You don't know shit. I wish shit. you'd stop. But I've seen Fetus. <laughs> you don't know anything like about islands. through. <laughs> you don't know any island-based shows. Island shows don't hook me. <laughs> there has to be some element of... Like either like magic, supernatural element, or or set in the. What future. about a peninsula? Would you watch something that took place on a peninsula? Is New York a pe- peninsula? No, it's an island. <laughs> well, there you go. I don't hate all island-based shit because I've watched many a show set in New York. 
So, like, I was in orchestra when I was a kid in high school. Me too. Get over it. This one time we were playing the Lord of the Rings song, like the score, (laughs) and it has like, like we only played string instruments in our orchestra. It was not like brass. Then that's strings class. It was called orchestra and then there was band and band was with like woodwinds and brass and such. I played the double bass because I thought it was the most unique, but also I had to take it home on the bus a lot. For whatever reason, I was the one who was going to play the bells, the chimes, <laughs> for the Lord of the Rings thing. But you said it was only strings. I know. This was a real novelty. <laughs> and I don't know why. I've all, I think I, I didn't like playing violin. So <laughs> Was this when you were really religious? No, this was after that. How long were you in high school? <laughs> the normal amount of time, four years. And you managed to squeeze in a religious phase and a bells playing phase? I only played bells on one and song. And you came out in high school? I came out on MySpace in <laughs> junior year, I want to say. No, I was young. No, I came out on my Resident Evil chat room <laughs> Okay, okay. when I was 15. And then I came out on MySpace when I was like 16 or 17. You want to you wanna fucking meddle? <laughs> but anyway, the boy I had a crush on got assigned to play the drums. So he sat next to so- me. Because that's why you volunteered to play the chimes is because you'd get to sit next to your crush. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, the reason I brought it up is I did play the Futurama thing on the chimes, but I started thinking about that boy. Overwatch Mm -hmm. on the the bells bells. in Dorado. I do know this. El El Dorado. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good theme song. It's a good intro. It slaps. I said it before, and I'll say it again. It slaps. I'm going to edit that out. You can't edit out my hip lingo. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the episode begins after the song and Hermes. <laughs> As episodes are wont to do. And I like how Hermes is kind of introduced like a little unceremoniously. He's just like walking up and like opening up shop. I love, this is what I was saying a little bit in the first episode is season one has a different vibe. It is an indica season. It is very <laughs> it chill. It is a lot more chill than future seasons. There's long pauses. But I like the more frantic seasons. I agree. Seasons, seasonings and pleasings. But this does put me in a very specific mood that not even really like season two or three will put me in. It's like, I want to go to sleep <laughs> when I watch season one of Futurama. It is a very different vibe. I think it's also just like, like I said, it's indicative of animated shows before the 2000s because The Simpsons is a much slower, chiller vibe, but pre-2000. And though I hate, loathe to admit I watched Family Guy, Family Guy's the same story. I remember in uh, high school theater class, all the... Because remember, like, Adult Swim used to have syndicated episodes of Futurama and Family Guy. And they would play... Yeah, but not when we were in high school. Yes. This is why I bring it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is important. No, it was mostly just... In high school, it was mostly just home movies You're... and Birdman Coast to Coast. I'm not... Why are you I mean, gaslighting me? I'm Birdman telling you a Coast fact Coast. from my life and you're telling me I think it, it happened happen. in college, not high school. I'm telling you a specific story and you won't even listen to it. Maybe it happened. All of the boys in the All the boys. theater 
class liked Family Guy and I liked Futurama and that's when I knew I was gay. Shut up, And we man. talked about them because they <laughs> would air at 10.30 and at 11 on Adult Swim and occasionally they would invert them and it would make me mad because I liked watching Futurama David Letterman, make- which started at 11.30. I'm not making this up. Futurama didn't get on um, Adult Swim till much later. I'm no, I'm talking about 2006. It was already canceled. It wasn't airing on Fox. You are wrong. I don't know, dude. Well, it, you don't know, and you really made a point of telling me I was wrong. Dave's not here, man. What happens next in the episode, Mom? After the theme song? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they start the episode, Nick. <laughs> Talk about it. God, um, I have to do everything on this podcast. I produce. We meet Hermes Conrad. We meet Dr. Zoidberg, uh, um, who is either a giant lobster or a giant crab, and it just changes whenever they feel like it. Yeah. Sometimes they make crab jokes. Sometimes they make lobster jokes. We meet Amy Wong, who is um, a very rich <laughs> Martian. She was she her family yeah. owns Mars. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like I relate. I I bounce between relating to Fry and relating to Amy. That tracks for you. And I feel like you're <laughs> a Leela mom rising. <laughs> I don't have that much in common with mom, other than my um, my general attitude towards everything your momness <laughs> <laughs> but i definitely relate to leela even though i'm not an orphan um <laughs> you know <laughs> it, it's a cinderella story somewhere in there <laughs> so i do like the way we're introduced to everyone sets up their bits really well i think dr zoidberg <laughs> is one of the funniest Cartoon characters. How'd your physical go? The doctor says I'm as healthy as a crab. (laughs) It's just really funny to have a bad doctor because they're supposed to be good. Dr. Zoidberg is uh, an amalgam of a lot of things. He is what, like a Jerry Lee Lewis (laughs) (laughs) ripoff while also being like um, (laughs) a Jewish stereotype, like the Jewish doctor. Um, also a vaudeville Borscht Belt comedian. Yeah, he loves <laughs> all of the, these things at once. The comedy. He's like Charlie Chaplin, Mel Brooks, and also Jerry Lee Lewis all in one. Isn't Jerry Lee Lewis the piano guy? <laughs> no, he's who um Professor Frank is based off of. Who's that guy? Jerry Lee Lewis. They could maybe he played piano. No. What's his name? Jerry's kids. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jerry's kids. Is that the okay. same Jerry? Yes, too it many is. Jerry's. <laughs> too many Jerry's. Like, too many Jerry's. Should, like when someone gets Jerry's. famous with a name, it should be like mandatory that the next person with that name who wants to be famous has to come up with a new name. <laughs> But we'd run out of names soon and you'd start getting celebrities named like Glorky Flip Flap. (laughs) I don't like this. This isn't a good riff. So they're flying to the moon. (laughs) Why do you get to decide what's a good riff? Because I'm the producer. 
Since when? You put me in charge of this project. <laughs> Biggest mistake I've ever made. <laughs> they go to the moon. I have a question about they go to the moon and there's a funny joke where Fry's like, I want to count down from 10. And then they get there before he can even, even start counting. Because so, they're very advanced. Yes. Here's my question, though. I have a lot of questions. The moon isn't that far away. Is it night? <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't matter. <laughs> That's not important. Um, I know that it's not that far away, but why are there no other ships? Like, they're flying out of New New York. It's seemingly a, a hub. <laughs> isn't there some because sort of it... traffic control? There's a lot of people in line when they get to the amusement park. Why aren't there any other ships? There's only 22 minutes in an episode. <laughs> and if it's that quick to get there, then most of the ships, there's not going to be a lot of traffic unless everyone's going at the same time. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a second to get to the moon. So, like, why would there be traffic? Everyone's like, Pew, moon. Okay. And I guess the computers make it so they don't crash into each other or something. The computers do everything in the future. <laughs> Okay, we could move like, on then. You think Leela's ever flown a spaceship before? <laughs> well, no, it was... She has, because she says she can in the first episode. She says, I can... As I long just as you don't stick. ask me to parallel park. <laughs> yeah. But, like, but in all honesty, like, how many times has she flown a spaceship before? Or is it in the future it's just like driving a car because the computers do everything? Well, maybe it's like driving like a Mack truck. You just have to get like a special, like that a must clearance. Be it, like a class yeah. X license. Mm -hmm. X okay. for space. We cleared that up. So Amy um, is given a small amount of responsibility and she <laughs> screws up. Yeah, which is so Amy. She She's the ditz. That's kind of her. The thing is, is bit. Amy is portrayed as both the ditz, but when when necessary, she's also a genius. She's very smart. And spoiler alert, and, she kind of saves the day in this episode. So she's very capable. Yes. And I really like the voice actor who plays Amy because she also um, voiced uh, Khan and Min in King of the Hill. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I like that. The actor's name is Lauren Tom. And Ooh. she's a wonderful voice actor. She she voices King of the Hill and then Futurama, and I think that might be it. <laughs> I, might, I might finally rewatch some King of the Hill. There's some real classic. King of the Hill there. I just recently rewatched, and it, it's a very funny show. I feel like it gets a bad rap because it's so, like, hokey, but, like, purposefully so. But it's, like, well, very Well, it's funny. about, like, it's about a, like conservative family in a conservative part of the world uh, in the conservative part of the country but really what all they do all day is like learn to be liberal <laughs> yeah <laughs> did you like beavis and butthead no it's so funny not even it the movie gave me, it gave me the creeps the movie's so funny though they i like america i like beavis and butthead um I Do you remember King of the Hill was in it? He was like the neighbor and they like harassed yeah, him. Yeah, because they were both created by Mike Judge. Mm -hmm. But um, Beavis and Butthead gives me the creeps. And I have friends who don't like King of the Hill because the animation is too close to Beavis and Butthead and it makes them <laughs> feel uncomfortable. So Amy screws up her big responsibility. She um, 
She drops the keys in the crate that they deliver. It's the keys to the spaceship? Yeah, it's the keys to the spaceship. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> so they funny. get locked out of the spaceship, and she doesn't realize until the crate has been delivered. And, the, of course, a big thing is that they realize, well, Fry realizes that the moon has been turned into a cheesy, crappy amusement park, which is wildly popular because the line goes on forever. Yeah, but they talk about it like it's like kind of past its Sherwood time. Forest. Yeah, <laughs> but there's it seems to be doing like quite well. Like a local amusement park, not a chain. There's demand. Not a Six yeah. Flags or a Disney, but like a... Like a, a yogi's enchanted meadow (laughs) yeah i guess if you could pretty quickly get to like another planet where you can breathe and shit like going to the moon wouldn't be that exciting so oh they have whalers of the moon whalers of the moon is my favorite thing you're skipping so far ahead what 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 did we miss well we missed um the for some reason Humanity has lost all education on the moon and has just made up their own idea of wh- how how uh, the human race made it to the moon. They yeah, why mistake- don't they have records of it? <laughs> because the planet Earth was destroyed in the opening credits. That's true. I forgot. But it, I do love when they do stuff like that because I think about how wrong we probably are when we like imagine Victorian Well, England. if you go back and watch The Twilight Zone... <laughs> Which one? Um, they like hypothesize what things would be like in like um 1990 or two, 2010 <laughs> and it's like people are fully just part cyborg and <laughs> like, hey isn't that, I'm looking around isn't that and the I'm fucking thinking, truth man is we're all fucking cyborgs man can't we're all just fucking slaves to the machine my man phone. <laughs> my phone is my brain my brain is a toaster <laughs> <laughs> My heart beats for knowledge. <laughs> can we say cunt on our show? We haven't We can say anything, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Shut your cunt. <laughs> um... <laughs> So they're on the moon. There's wild misinformation about the moon. Fry, of course, is like we said, is very excited to be on the moon. It's very blase to Leela. But um, this is the brilliant trope. I mean, this is the brilliant um, like device of making Fry from our era is because Fry is experiencing the future similar to how we would. So we get to live in the future through Fry's eyes and he can relate to us as being from, you know, Whatever Fry's century eyes. we're in, or it was in when it was. Fry's eyes. Through Fry's Realize. eyes. Realize. Realize Fry's eyes. <laughs> Do you remember that poem? <laughs> no. Realize. Realize Fry's eyes. I don't know what you're talking about. It's so funny if you knew what I was talking about. So it's not. Just. Just. You gotta trust me on this one. Can you give me a laugh? We'll edit it together. <laughs> Fry's eyes. Nick, you card. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I'll I'll edit around that. Um, can we talk about whalers of the moon now? Yes. <laughs> We're whalers of the moon. We carry, we carry a, harpoon. a harpoon. But there ain't but there no whales. No so whale. we tell, so we tell, tell tales. tales. Well, we sing a whaling tune. Well, we sing a whaling tune. It's really funny. It makes me laugh every time. They have a nice rule of threes with it. 
Yes. Fungineering degree. <laughs> fungineering degree. I don't see you with a degree in fungineering. I'm going to start saying that to you when you, um, like, question me. <laughs> when I correctly call up your bullshit. <laughs> call up my bullshit? Call out. It was beep, a stumble beep, of beep, words. Beep. <laughs> Hello. You've reached Jinx's bullshit. Please leave your complaints after the beep. <laughs> the mailbox belonging to <laughs> Jinx's bullshit is full. Goodbye. All right. I'm going to admit that was a home run bit. <laughs> and I'm proud of you. But we're going to move on. I don't so want Fry you to uses the harpoon of one of the whalers to get the little buggy off the track. And they start exploring the real moon. And... um. Fry wants to find the original moon landing site in the Lunar Lander, and Leela exposits that <laughs> it's been lost for centuries. Now, I'd like to talk about this for a second because it's been lost for centuries, yet they've colonized the moon, but it seems like they've just colonized little dots around the moon. They don't they don't really care about most of the moon. They built the Is theme park. Only... They built one farm. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> oh my god, the farm. Okay, so we should talk about the farm. Um, they get to a farm on the moon when they run out of oxygen. Because Leela right, because they had to escape them. from a crater because Leela's very ingenuitive. She has yeah, a fun engineering degree. Fry drove him into a crater and we learn about Fry's um, demeanor by the fact that <laughs> two different times Fry goes... We're doomed. Every man for himself. And tries to run away and can't and then calls for help from Leela. You know what I do like about the show is Leela is a very strong feminine character. She's a very strong female character voiced by an iconically strong and um, um, verbal. <laughs> Did you? Hey. Iconically, um, uh, you know, uh, in charge woman, Katie Seagal. Hey, um, did you ever, okay, do you know that she acted on that show about the motorcycles? American Angels or whatever? No, it's like a show. Sons of Anarchy? Sons yeah. of Anarchy. She's like the mom on that. <laughs> yeah, she she basically just plays moms. And I've That's only like what seen, she's famous, can I she's a famous it? TV mom. <laughs> Spoilers for Sons of Anarchy, I've only seen one episode of it because my roommate used to watch it. And, um... It was literally just Katie Seagal and like Charlie Hunnam is her son and he like shoots her in the head. That's the that's all I know from the show. <laughs> wow. Does she survive? No, she's dead. He like kills her. And it's You've like a big important episode, episode but I had never seen Katie any Seagal of it. Dies? I had never seen any of it. That's... All I know is that Katie Have you Seagal seen Smart gets Home? shot in the head by her son. Have what? you seen the Disney original movie Smart Home with Katie Seagal smart playing house. a computer program? Smart House. It's not a smart home because they would be comfortable at a smart home. <laughs> it's a then smart house that... <laughs> because they're being terrorized by the AI. <laughs> and then I think Katie Seagal hosted a um, reality show for looking for TV's next mom. TV's is that real? TV's mom or like, yeah. No way. <laughs> TV's. Uh, America's Next TV Mom or something. Well, we should do that show next. We'll just do all of Katie Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do the full body of work of Katie Seagal. And now, this is real. This is real interesting. Katie Seagal is now written into the Connors, replacing the Roseanne character. What? She's the new mom? Yes. She, she's Peg not Bundy the mom, is on but... Roseanne? 
She's dating. It's like the Avengers Edge Endgame. She's dating Dan Connor. She's not Peg Bundy. Her name is Louise, but she dates Dan Connor now because they killed off Roseanne. Get Fran Drescher in there. (laughs) (laughs) Get Fran Drescher in there. We gotta get um um. Uh, we gotta get a. We gotta get Suzanne Summers in there. <laughs> Wait, who's that? <laughs> she was the mom on Step by Step. Oh, okay. I never watched that. We gotta get. Um, we gotta get. A, a... There was no mom on Full House. That was the whole thing. <laughs> Uncle Joey, though, we can get. Uncle <laughs> yeah, Joey we'll have back. one guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Katie Seagal, strong. Independent woman throughout her entire career. Is there a drag queen named after Katie Seagal? What would the name be? Katie this tall. (laughs) (laughs) Katie plain and tall. (laughs) Okay, so we're at the farm. (laughs) It's really funny because he says oxygen. Katie Seagull. And she's a she's a bird. <laughs> She's an avian themed <laughs> drag queen. No, that's Crystal Methods thing. We can't take that from her. She's already got that. <laughs> locked She's a down. bird. Is that her backstory? Crystal. Did Method you not see bird. the finale of? Yeah, I know she was drag a bird then. Well. But is she always a bird? Is she supposed to be? Different what other thing would I be talking she... about? Why would I bring up Crystal Method? Well, and it's not birds an ongoing. And be talking about want... something other I'm than talking that. A... No, I'm talking about Katie Siegel, a drag queen who's always a seagull. <laughs> All <laughs> right, I'll, I'll allow it. Kind of like the bird from Chuck E. Cheese's, which used to haunt my dreams, birdie. There was a bird there? there yes. Man, if there was and a robot there was a cat, I would go, if I was a robot cat, I would go to Chuck E. Cheese because there's and robot And there was a bird mice, in um, robot the McDonald's, the McDonald's zeitgeist. <laughs> no, what is it not. about these... Like, Yes, huh? Grandma. Birdo. Birdie. They were all named Birdie. <laughs> they, what are you talking about? There's a bird about? everywhere. It's like a yellow bird. Okay, so there's uh, Ronald McDonald, Grimace, the Hamburglar, and Birdie. And then at Chuck E. Cheese, there's Chuck E. Cheese. There's that hillbilly dog. There's the weird purple monster, which is just like Grimace. Grimace. <laughs> and then there's a bird, and she's like based on Tina Turner, I think. Her name's like Beaky, Beaky Birdie. (laughs) Chick (laughs) Uddy. We see the three beautiful robot daughters, which is a great play on the three beautiful. You can sleep in the barn, but don't you go a touching my beautiful robot daughters. There's Lulu Bell 38. (laughs) (laughs) There's Annie Bot Marie. Five thousand. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. And there's the crushinator. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> the crushinator becomes one of my favorite recurring characters. Yeah, she comes back a lot. She's in some of my favorite we episodes. We can't get enough crushinator. <laughs> um, oh, Ew-hoo. also first appearance of the crushinator, but also first appearance of Bugalo. They are also on the moon. Yeah, what I and what I love about Futurama when they introduce futury things is it's always got some some element of like horrifyingness. <laughs> like if we hadn't gotten crash landed on the moon, if we hadn't gotten uh, 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 stranded on the moon, we never would have met these little guys. And Fry pats the bugalo, and the bugalo goes, 
They're just really they're just really comfortable with the horrors of the future. <laughs> You'd have to get used to it, I suppose. Win in Rome, as they say. Win in Rome. <laughs> oh South African. <laughs> Win in Rome. <laughs> okay, I'll do an accent and you guess where I'm from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, I I think I don't think um this is good. <laughs> this is a, a, a bad path to go down. How come the barn is made out of glass? Did they set that up because it seems like it's because it's the moon. But and the, the house future. isn't made. The farmhouse isn't made out of glass. Why is the barn glass? Just for the gag of Bender hiding in the barn and it's clear. Well, I don't know. People they who must live have in really glass thought barns. about it because they must have really thought of a thought about it because <laughs> because Minnesota. they wrote a joke in just a, <laughs> <laughs> they wrote a joke in <laughs> about Bender hiding behind a glass door so they must have had a big meeting about the barn being made out of glass I suppose. They were like, well, I got this idea about Bender hiding behind something glass, but then we'd need something glass for him to hide behind. Well, the barn can be made of glass. It's the future. No one's going to ask questions. (laughs) Unless there's a podcast 20 years from now. (laughs) Uh, What's a podcast, boss? Just complete losers in their their basements during a quarantine. (laughs) Yes, the and they can't nuts. go outside. There's they one need a thing mask I know about outside. the future after writing Futurama is that the, the future is just a crazy place. <laughs> it's pretty weird that they never did a pandemic episode. There is that episode where there's like the common cold from the past comes back, but that's the yeah, that's a pandemic episode. But they contain it, so it's but they not don't, a pandemic by definition. But they don't contain it. Oh, you're right. I forgot. <laughs> like Spoilers for season eight, episode nine. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone would be listening to this if they haven't already seen all of Futurama. Because this I isn't mean, a good know... introduction to Futurama. It absolutely isn't. Yeah, no, you should have watched it by now. It's like <laughs> when people come to see um people come to see Peaches and I do our Grey Gardens parody show. Now, it's a parody show based on a documentary about two very eccentric people. And the documentary itself jumps all over the place. And you kind of got to know the backstory for the documentary to make any sense. Now, imagine never having seen the film, the documentary, or the Drew Barrymore film about the documentary. And then coming to see me and Peaches, who are not only doing a parody of the documentary, but also working in a bunch of drag jokes that only make sense if you're fans <laughs> of us. So you just sit there for an hour watching a show that makes no sense unless you get every single reference. And we get people coming up to us every time we do that show going, I really enjoyed myself. I didn't know what was going on because I've never seen the, the documentary or uh, a show with either of you in it. But but I really enjoyed myself. And what could that have, what, what could that experience have been for that person? Just like an hour of, of me and Peaches going, give me the corn, Jinxie. No, drag mother, darling. <laughs> I will say I saw Peaches version of Gremlins, which was called Femlins. And, which was but you've detox seen the movie and f- gremlins you haven't Mm-mm. 
Well, the plot of Gremlins at least makes sense when you watch the show. The plot of us doing Grey Gardens is just us doing Grey Gardens. <laughs> but that plot just makes like, sense. It's just you standing no, around in a it's house. one of Peaches' most complicated plots, too, because it's set 40 years in That's the future true. when we've been doing the Grey Gardens show. So it's both a parody of Grey Gardens and it's us doing a show about Grey Gardens 40 years in the future. I'm sorry it's a if lot that of things audio is picking up my next door neighbor is like listening to a woman be murdered in a some sort of murder <laughs> movie. <laughs> some people are so weird. I love um, horror movies. I should be judging. It's all I've been watching. I have to pee so bad. I thought I could hold Just it do it in, the end of the episode. Do it in your mouth. <laughs> I'm not going to pee upwards into my mouth. I'll be right back. I didn't, I didn't say upwards. You could get upside down. <laughs> have I ever told you my plan for a production of... Uh, Sweeney Todd set in we a post-apocalyptic to, future. We have to talk about the episode. We it's about to... the future. I don't care, though. We've been not... The... This is a too long a tangent. Producer Beetle hat. Bamford Producer hat. would be an actual beetle. It's very fun. <laughs> a mutated <laughs> beetle man. <laughs> Bender has slept with the crushinator, or at least romanced her, because she's a fine lady. No, he says, you can't just sleep with a lady that fine. He said you, you can't romance just... her a little bit. You're right. He said you can't because just, so he fucked her. By the time her. they're... <laughs> he he, no, fucked her ass. He fucked the other two robots so far, and he did it Wait, very quickly. Wait, how, how do you figure that? Do you see because, him fucking them? <laughs> no, because... Uh, the the because the farmer starts chasing after him and says, I, "I'll teach you for uh, touching my robot daughters." He says daughters. Okay. But then when Fry asks Objection if he slept with, with the crushinator, um, Bender says, "No, you got to romance a lady. That fine." And but the crushinator has had some interaction with Bender because when they try to chase them down, the crushinator won't pursue them because she says, "No, pa." I love him. <laughs> Bender must have like worked out her shit. <laughs> or the Crushinator like watched Bender um, bang oh, her no. robot sisters and got and fell in love with him through that. Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> More taboo things have happened in, in life. They escape on a moon buggy. Then a robot watching her robot sisters get banged by a robot stranger on the moon. They escape on a moon buggy. That's not even the most taboo thing on porn of these days. I'm going to mute you real quick. (laughs) Um, Oh, I actually can mute you. That's so wonderful. Uh, You're muted. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're back. You're back. <laughs> that was fun, though. Well, you wanted me to be the producer, and this is how it's going to work. I didn't want you to be the producer. It just was kind of a necessity because I you have call a lot me on Nikki Producey. <laughs> I have a lot on my plate. No, I call you Little Nikki in reference to the Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Oh, hush, hush now, little I've never. That's like the one early Adam Sandler movie I've never seen. And I remember. I've never seen it either. Then why are you referencing it? I reference a lot of things I've never seen. Well, you remind me of you don't mess with the Zohan. I've seen parts of that. Why? It was on cable TV in the hotel room I was in. I want to barf. That's how I feel right now. Um, they escape on a moon buggy with a Confederate flag on the front, which is dark but 
Accurate. Prescient. Prescient. Yes. yes. It's like there's the, this one. The moon, the, the farmer guy was kind of wearing like a make like a MAGA hat too. It was like. Yeah. It, it was the moon will rise again. Which yeah. Which is, is a, a reference southern, to the south will rise again, yeah. which um, I is mean, racist. it's like potato, potato, uh, <laughs> clans member racist. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's all part of one quilt. <laughs> Oh, most quilts are good. This is a quilt I do not want. <laughs> this is the quilt of white supremacy in America, and there's many patches. Too many. But they're patches. all part of the same blanket, and they're all trying to put out the blanket that's trying to put out the fires of freedom. Hmm. With fires are good. In, in this, this metaphor. metaphor, yes. Okay, confusing. Um, Put out the flame of, but I think freedom. it's just a Dukes of Hazard thing because they do like kind of a Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. That. I'm not here for any justification for like why someone has a <laughs> Confederate I'm not flag. It's good. It's like I'm um, saying that's I, what the bit is. <laughs> I saw a Grinder profile once, or it was like there was a Confederate flag in the background, and his bio said, "Yes, that's a Confederate flag in the background." I don't care. It, I took this picture at my friend's house. It's his flag, and I thought I looked cute. And it's like, take another picture, you asshole. <laughs> that's <laughs> too much. That person should. The justification for it was that he looked cute in the picture. And never again, I guess, Just because no other picture. picture ever replaced this Confederate flag picture. It's the one time I look cute. I don't know what to say. <laughs> what What can I do? The Confederate flag just happened to be in the background of the one picture of me that exists where I <laughs> look cute. So they jump over the pit and there's like uh, alligators in little space helmets that jump up and try to bite them, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah and what are those space helmets connected to this Great is question. cartoon logic that like as long as you're wearing a space helmet it doesn't matter what it's connected to you could just yeah just put a fishbowl on your head ever in a fishbowl swim <laughs> down to the, the mariana in, trench and you just continue to recycle that air <laughs> oh that reminds me there's a line with the um hick farmer on the moon the hick moon farmer <laughs> he says you think oxygen grows on trees <laughs> <laughs> Oxygen don't grow on trees. <laughs> but that's like, yes, it does. Um, they escape and find the original moon landing sites. Which was really easy to find for them, even though it it's been right lost there. for centuries. It was just right there. They just had to take a left at the, the moon farm <laughs> and just go for about a minute and there, it's there. I did have a good laugh when Neil Armstrong's footprint had been preserved for a thousand years and Fry stepped on it and it was a Nike swoosh. <laughs> hey, it's Neil Armstrong's footprint and then just immediately stomps on <laughs> And look, it's that flag from MTV. <laughs> also a good line. Bender has two times where he says blackjack and hookers. That's a funny yeah. thing. But also the professor says, but I am already in my pajamas, which he said in the first episode. Which and seems never like a, since. Which seems like a catchphrase that they were going to start and then just like let go of it. Well, this is why I this lends credence to my theory that episodes one and two are meant to be watched together. They've got yeah. running gags that exist only within these two episodes. Which, which, um, which strengthens my theory that this debuted on the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't. Like we could easily Google it and we're 
instead of Googling it, we're going to argue about it on episode three because take no one it, remembered to Google it. Take it but, from a person <laughs> who watched a lot of the Fox Network as a kid. <laughs> Why is the Fox Network known for being taboo and raunchy, but Fox News is known for being um, uh, a bunch of conspiracy theories and idiocy? Do you want me to give you a serious answer to that question? Because I have it, but... (laughs) How come Fox Network (laughs) drives their car like this? (laughs) So Amy comes and saves the day. They have like a big sad argument in front of the Moonlander where Fry like comes to terms with the future being shitty. (laughs) Yeah, but... Um, Leela comes to terms with the fact that there's still things that are quite beautiful about the future. And it's kind of exactly like what happens in um, my new holiday special with Ben de la Creme, oh, the, the Jinx and De La holiday special. Oh my God. <laughs> She's cross-promoting. Do you know Dela and I did two Christmas-themed movies this year for some reason? <laughs> for years and years... We're in Happiest Season, the Clea what Duvall, the? Kristen Stewart oh, film. Oh, it's on ad for that. We're. I'll play you. Um. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to edit this out. We're already at an hour. This okay. is going to be on the cutting room floor, so you can tell me later. <laughs> okay, I'll just send you the uh, the clip we're in. On Let's the- wrap it up. <laughs> Thanks to Amy having to get so good at the claw machine to get the um, keys back. She's now very good at picking things up with a claw. And she picks up Bender first, triggering um, the magnets uh, screw with his oh. inhibition unit. <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about the magnets because this comes back. This is the first. Ref- There's a lot of firsts in this episode. <laughs> There's a lot of firsts in the second episode. Because <laughs> every time... There's a lot of Bender getting a magnet on him, and sometimes, not all the time, he sings folk songs. Yeah, not all the time, but for the most part, he sings folk songs. You know what's... I I know we said in the promo that the Yeti episode is the worst episode, but do you know what's the second worst episode? When Bender joins Beck's band? No, that one's awesome. Well, then why are you bringing... I mean, that's the episode we were talking about, right? I know, but there's an episode in, like, season, like, very near the end where they were just out of shit to do, and Bender, like, becomes a folk singer. That is the worst one. And all the songs that Bender sings become real. (laughs) Yeah, it's terrible. And they keep saying, like, there's this amazing twist at the end, which they didn't have to say. They could have just, you know... (laughs) Not promised anything. <laughs> it's really, it's a bad episode. But that's so far ahead. We're mm-hmm. still on the moderately good episodes. <laughs> yeah, we go from moderately good to the best television ever made. And then the movies are weird but fun. And then it's a real crapshoot after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's a Futurama roulette. Like every yeah. third episode is a throwaway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm really excited about the third episode because I feel like episode one and two is just so much exposition. And episode three is when we start to just get into the everyday life of these characters in the future. Oh, and And we're going to have a special guest on episode three of our show. Yeah. Do you want to announce that now? TBA, because we got to secure a special guest. Oh, who is it? You, You secured it. Say it at the same time. I want to see if you know who it is first. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Three. I don't two, know who it is. I really one, don't know who it is. RuPaul. <laughs> You're an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Can you imagine? RuPaul's going to be on episode three. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? There's no way in hell she's ever seen even one episode of Futurama. <laughs> she hasn't seen a show including Drag Race that was made after the year 1995. <laughs> including drag race but the things that happened before 1995 she knows every reference every word (laughs) she has a categoric catalogic memory encyclopedic you dumb shit encyclopedic of all uh... (laughs) i hate you so much this episode's over already Um, if you enjoyed this episode of I'm 40% podcast, be sure to spread the word about subscribing to my Jinx Monsoon Patreon page. And um, we'll be back with you whenever we come back for episode three of with RuPaul, RuPaul Andre Charles. <laughs> I'm 40% podcast. The first ever queer Futurama podcast <laughs> because someone had to do it. Wow, 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 wow,